Welcome back to the NBA Holes podcast. Today, your boy Jules the J Hole Ombi is here with Yoan the Y Hole Ezers. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I'm the one. The Y Hole is here. Um, yeah, this is my second podcast of the day, actually. Oh. So earlier today, we talked Denver Nuggets and and basketball coaching, and today we're going to be talking Toronto Raptors as we've got a big Raptors expert slash Homer here in Yoan. Yeah. And we'll more. talk about some other stuff too. Yeah. I'd say I'm more of a Homer than an expert. I'd like to think I'm an expert, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out later today. We'll find out right now. Cause I am, I am taking notes on all of your takes there and I'll be grading them out of 10. Oh, I'm going to get the worst possible text later on. eh? You <laughs> might puke after this when you get your grade. <laughs> Okay, let's let's go. Hit me with some questions, sir. All right. Well, just how are you feeling after after our Raptors off season? How do you feel? Um, I'm I'm quite happy. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I think the main our main goal was keeping Freddie, um, which we're able to do. I would have liked for him to be signed for like twenty twenty million a year or a bit less. But listen, I'll take him. I'll take him at I think he's at twenty one. Four years, 84 mil. I'll take him. Yeah, not that. much of a difference, really. Exactly. I'll take him there. We still have room for uh, any potential free agent signing, little max free agent signings next summer, which is all that really matters, I think, um, in my eyes, at least. Um, but, yeah, like, I know I know a lot of Raptors fans aren't too hyped because we we have high expectations now. We're, we're, we were defending champions, and we just uh, expect greatness every, every single season. <laughs> you like that, yeah. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> You're so whack, dude. Expect greatness. Um, yeah, I think the Fred Van Fleet signing, a totally reasonable contract, $21 million, $20 million, not going to change much in the long term. Um, how do you feel about the, the loss of Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka? Because I personally think that is quite a big deal to you guys. Yeah. So I think I think regular season wise, it won't make much of a difference. Like people are talking about how the Raptors are going to drop off and finish in like the sixth, maybe seventh seed in the East, and I just can't see that happening. Um, I don't know if you you watched much Raptors basketball last year, but Ibaka was out for like a good chunk of the year, um, and and Nurse uh, is just a fucking he's a maestro at just figuring out the right lineup at the right time. Um, he matches up. He's able to figure out matchups with most against most good teams in the NBA. We were we beat the Lakers, the first Lakers game of the season, um, with like Chris Boucher and Rondé Hollis Jefferson like eating up major minutes in the third and fourth quarters. Um, yeah, I, I'd say I'm I'm more I'm more scared about the playoffs come playoff time just because Mark is just such a def- like Ibaka will will get you fifteen to twenty points a game in the playoffs, which is super necessary, especially with a team that can can't do anything in the half court. A team um, that is sometimes offensively challenged. Um, incredibly challenged. That was a very watching that Celtics series was um, brutal. Um, yeah, yeah, very brutal. But I think the biggest loss will be Mark just defensively. This guy just he's able just to coordinate the the rest of the team. Um, and he might not show up, like his stats might not show up across like his like the scoreboard. He might not be scoring anything, but I think he just has some intangibles that he brings to any team that is um, necessary to win at a high level. 
I agree with you there. Mark Gasol is a huge loss uh, just to their, like you said, to the defense, to their rim protection, Serge Ibaka as well. I don't really agree with you. I think it's going to be a problem in the regular season. Aaron Baines, I mean, I think he's a good pickup. He was probably the best they could do once once it, but you wait so long that you end up losing Mark and Serge. It's a good recovery. You get Aaron Baines. And Chris Boucher, he's pretty good. He's all right. He's uh, hopefully takes another step. He seems to be always taking steps forward. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely see the Raptors falling off this year a little bit. I don't think they're going to finish first in the Atlantic. I could see them going from from second seed to like fourth or fifth seed. Yeah, I, I think I think four or five, three, four or five is probably the range where I'd have them at as well. Not because I think they took a major step back, but just because the other teams in the East around them just took such a big step forward. Like if, if we're looking at teams of the Atlantic, the team that I'm most worried about is Philly. Because mm-hmm. I think they they finally... I mean, listen, we're going to have to watch them play play some games before we actually come to a conclusion about how if they've improved or not. But they took the necessary steps. So what we all said was a problem last year, that they had no outside shooting. Um, no space to, on the floor. Right? Literally, yeah. So just you have Embiid and Ben Simmons just clogging the middle and Horford just underneath the basket just praying to something's either going in or that he'll get a board. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, as a Raptors fan watching those Sixers teams, uh, that was fun. It was, it was a great time. <laughs> and, um, adding, adding Seth Curry, um, was a huge get huge. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I, I love Matisse Bible as well. I think that he's going to take a huge jump in the next season. Um, he's just, yeah, they're, they're going to be a much better three-point shooting team, and they're a great defensive team. They're long, they're tall, uh, they're, they're going to be a nuisance. I don't really... I think the, the Sixers are going to be a lot better next year. Other than the Sixers, I think almost everybody else in the East got like a little bit worse. I think the Nets are going to be a lot better. All the reports are saying that KD looks like KD, and that's awesome. But like the Bucks. Probably still finish first in the East. The Celtics got worse, losing Gordon Hayward. 100%. And Kemba's out for the next little while. Like, exactly. People have to remember that. Kemba is not the same Kemba that we had a couple years ago in Charlotte. Yeah. And then the Pacers, I'm feeling a little bit weird about the Pacers. I think they could be better, but I'm worried that Victor Oladipo is going to try to be the superstar that he was. <laughs> and kind of mess up a large part of their season. So we'll see on that. But I don't I don't think that anyone in the East has taken a big step forward. I think it's kind of all been small, stagnant-ish steps back, honestly. So, so I don't so really see the Raptors you. falling. Yeah, so that, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, the Raptors finished second last year. I mean, I don't see them being better, finishing higher than the Bucks, but they're a very good regular season team. And if like, let's say like the Nets are still going to have to figure out how they're going to mesh with Kyrie and KD on the floor together. Um, like I, I could picture the Raptors finishing top three for sure. But just because uh, like, like you said, like these teams may have taken 
some teams may be taking a small step forward, but a lot of these teams are stayed stagnant. Yeah, honestly, I came into this podcast ready to like really piss you off <laughs> and of say the Raps are going to fall at like 60 and everything. But looking at the standings now, I don't. I could see them falling, but I don't see them falling any lower than fifth. I think yeah. it'll be interesting once I do my full rankings a little closer to the season. I think one thing for the Nets, just in terms of where they finish in the regular season, I don't know that figuring out how to play together is really going to be, be a big deal. But I think a big deal for them will be KD. Because even if he is 100%, I imagine they're probably going to be like load managing him, right? And there's only 72 games. And I think each team has like 12 to 14 back-to-backs. So if he sits even half of those, that's a large chunk of the season. And I imagine he'd sit more than half of those back-to-backs coming off such a big injury. For sure. Um, do you think that they're, that the Nets could win a lot of those back-to-back games without KD? Like, do you think that their supporting cast is good enough to just like hold it down? Probably, I don't. I mean, it's not going to be a thing where like, oh, KD's not playing, the Nets are done, right? Because they still have they still have a very deep team and they still have Kyrie, but they definitely won't be as good. I could see them going from like a like a like a fifty five win team when everyone's playing to like a thirty eight win team if KD's not playing type of thing. And this is like 55 out of 82, so like... Yeah, this is in a regular season. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I... So so I was just looking up uh, the rest of the East just to see, like, trying to, like, map out a top eight. And the team that really um, is going to be interesting, at least for me, like, other than the Raptors, the team I'll probably be tuning in on, into the most, I think it's going to be the Hawks. Mm-hmm. The, like, yeah, they're they're young, and they feel like they just got a bunch of random free agents and just tossed them all <laughs> together. But, like, these guys could ball. These guys could all ball. And and having John Collins for an extra, what, like, he missed 20, 20 25 games last year? He was suspended? Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty big. Like, this guy is, he's putting up close to 20 points a game. You can see him getting d- double-digit rebounds as well every single game. I mean, he um, had 20, 10, and, like, 1.6 blocks on 40% shooting from three last year. So, like, offensively, he's a prodigy. The issue with John Collins is where are you actually on defense? Because he's def- he's not a five. And then in the new NBA, he's not really a four. But I still think, I still think having him for – having him not be out 25 games – is a huge plus and he's definitely still a good player and that's like the only problem i've I've had with the hawks for the last two years well yeah two years basically is that trey is a minus on defense no matter what he does like yeah he, he could he could like he could be like he could hustle a bit more but like this guy's tiny um, yeah, he's tiny. People, Trey's a minus on defense, as is everyone else on the team. So, so right? you'd hope, yeah. So you'd hope the wings around him would just be able to cover for a lot of like the holes that he causes. Um, but like, I mean, Gallo's like a serviceable D guy. Bogdanovich uh, as well, but they're not like all NBA defenders. So, so I think the thing about the Hawks that is going to be a lot of fun to watch is very similar to what the Mavs did last year, where they blew out 
every team offensively. And if they're averaging upwards of 115 points a game, um, like there's going to be a lot of teams that just can't compete. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be... It's going to be really interesting because, I mean, last year they traded for Clint Capella and then he never played. So that'll be... He's not one of the best defenders in the league by any means, but he's still a good defender. And they had yeah. no good defenders at all at the center position last year. So that'll be a huge help. And then, you know, Cam Reddish will take a step. DeAndre Hunter, hopefully, will take a step forward. They signed Chris Dunn, who might be, might be like the best on-ball defender in the league, maybe. Yeah, so, all-NBA level. So it'll be um, interesting. But so I want to your... get back to the Raptors. Yeah, of course. My bad. I, I want to get back to the Raptors. Bit. It's all right. That's what we do. If you had one Raptors breakout player, who would it be? I mean, <laughs> you know my answer. Some, yeah, my answer is going to be OG for sure. But I actually want to like kind of venture a little bit away from that because I think it's too it's too obvious. Like OG will take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a guy that might surprise a lot of people this year. I mean, I'm hoping he'll surprise a lot of people this year. Um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh. Say it. Say it. Say it. Laugh when I say this. Are you ready? Say it. Okay. Norman um, Powell? No. I mean... What? That's who I have. No. I mean, That's are you talking my... about breakout? Or are you talking about break, like breakout? Like, this guy's going to be like a prime rotation player? And I'm he's going to shock about... the world? I'm not talking about breakout into a superstar. I'm just talking about having like a really good seat. Like, I... I have... Hold on. Let's see, let's see what you have to say first before I get into my Norman Powell. Right? No, no, no. I, I regret even <laughs> speaking. Um... So, so I mean, who are you gonna say? So it's just like the because it's just classic Raptors the way they develop their players. Um, they leave these guys chilling in the G League or D League. G League. You're about to drop O'Shea Brissett on me, aren't you? No, no. no. <laughs> you you would wish. Um, Paul Watson is someone I think people should look out for. I don't think he's gonna be like this crazy guy that's gonna start <laughs> gonna start games, but he'll be a part of their rotation. I fully believe he'll be a part of the rotation. He played a couple of games at the end of the regular like the end of the regular season in the bubble. Um the guy could straight up ball. He was amazing in the G League. He's um pretty big dude. He could stroke the ball. He could hammer it down. Um high intensity player. I think the reason why I'm high on him is because I believe that in the next um couple of weeks we might hear some some news about Terrence Davis and I think that if if Terrence Davis gets traded off this team or kicked off the team some way somehow suspended for a lot of the season yeah Paul Watson's the type of guy that's going to come in and fill a major hole and shock a lot of people he's a guy that no one really knows about at the moment um and and I know I'm thoroughly shocked on him thoroughly shocked on the Paul Watson take that's so when you say breakout, you mean he could be in the rotation, basically? Yeah, like yeah, I think I think that he'll he'll shock a lot of people and he'll be in their their ten man rotation. All right, like that's a little that bit like of a serviceable. If you're talking about like breakout, I I'm don't talking about a that... real breakout, not a like okay. get your first NBA minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, real breakout. I'd have to go with OG. This guy, this guy is arguably one of the top five best wing defenders in the NBA. You could argue that top 10. Um, 
he could guard one th- one through five. We saw at the end of the bubble in the playoffs, he was playing the five against the Celtics, which I actually love. Um, I lo- I love that lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Like Kyle, Kyle, Fred, one, two, Norm at the three, Pascal at the four, and OG at the five. I think that's that's going to be a crunch time lineup for the Raps, just because they lost they lost their their main big guys, and I don't really see Baines or Alex Len playing many minutes at the end of games. Um, I mean, depending depending on. I if, think we can definitely see that lineup. The rat the. the probably going to roll that out since they have AD and someone needs to guard AD. Or if you're playing one of those like Jokic, you won't do that. But against a lot of teams, you probably could have it out there and be yeah. successful. 100%. I think most teams, I think most teams in the East, like except for like Philly, like they're obviously not doing that against Embiid. But um, I think a lot of teams are going to have trouble playing against a, I'd say, I wouldn't even call it small ball because these guys are all pretty big. I would, I would call it small ball. <laughs> I would call it small OG's, ball. The tallest oh, guy is like six nine. Um. Yeah, but they're all like other. Yeah, I guess it would be a, a version of a small this, ball. OG, OG is just so long that he doesn't feel like he's six seven. All right, I just can't believe that you didn't latch on to my Norman Powell take like immediately. You. I, Norman Powell, 20 points a game this year. I'm calling it. Listen, I hope you're right. I've just, I've had this like preseason hype norm for like maybe for the last four years since that huge, that huge postseason he had against the Bucks, I believe. Was it 2016? And um, he just like, he doesn't, he just doesn't live up to the hype. Yeah, he's Dude, great. last I, year he was actually offensively, these numbers are cooking. 16 points a game. 40% from three, 49.5% from the field, 84.3% from the free throw line. This guy shot 62.4% true shooting percentage. That's 6.4% above league average. That is really, really good. Oh, no. he's. I'm not saying he's incredible. I'm just trying to temper my own expectations. Don't so you dare that... temper my Norman Powell expectations. <laughs> Listen, I would love for Norm to just break out and soar because he does. He's he's worked his ass off the last couple of years, and he deserves it. And he deserves. And if he if he finds a way to become maybe not a starter, but I don't know, averaging more than twenty some minutes a game, like yeah, I'd love that. That'd be incredible. he's definitely the way he played last season is a starter level in the NBA. Yeah, but is he a starter level for the Raptors? I think for that's... the Raptors, no. With their because they already have the interesting Fred Van Fleet, Kyle, like the double guard lineup. So he's not going to play. He's not going to be a starter in that lineup. But I could see him coming off the bench, getting like thirty-two minutes uh, a game, putting up like eighteen and a half on like the same shooting, getting six man of the year. And if that. <laughs> If that's if that's what Norm's going to be doing, like you're 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 really hyping me up right now. You're um, <laughs> I'm on the Norman Powell train, and and listen until up until the bubble, he was the uh, the reigning Eastern Conference Player of the Week, was he not? So <laughs> he was reigning for a long time. Um, it, yes, it it has rained a lot this year, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I hope Norm will continue to make it rain. I'm just trying to temper my own expectations <laughs> when talking about Norm Powell. But, 
yeah, I, I agree. Like, if, if, like, Norm now has a lot of room to show that he's, he deserves a spot in, like, sixth man of the year conversation. I hope so. All right. Yeah. We got, I want to move on to other breakout player candidates. Anyone, if I ask you, and when I say breakout player, I don't mean just so no player. Watson? I don't mean first NBA minutes. I mean a real breakout big step. Anyone that comes to mind that you see as a big breakout guy or someone who could take a step even to becoming a star or a superstar this year? So I don't think this guy is going to take a step into becoming like superstar level, maybe not even star level, but I'm excited to see what Lonzo has to do this year. Mm. Um, he's a guy that his three-point shooting got considerably better last last year. He changed his form completely. Um, Drew Holiday is no longer in New Orleans, so I think there's a huge role for, for Lonzo to fill. I mean, he's already great defensively. He um, He's averaging what? He averaged like seven assists, yeah, six to seven, seven exactly. assists last year. Seven um, Wow, I'm precise. Um, but yeah, I think that with a greater role that he could he could really thrive. And listen, I I'm hoping that the fact that his, now that both of his brothers are in the NBA. Oh my so god! So Leandro Ball signed today. I mean, it was a non-guaranteed contract but maybe i'm hoping that because both of his brothers are both in the nba he has something to prove now you know he has to show that he's uh that he's the best older brother out there and he's the he's the best ball in the currently in the nba so I'm, he's the top ball oh top ball top lonzo um top i think ball. i think that he could uh i think that he could really break out this season i think i mean he had a horrible bubble like a garbage bubble but i'm willing to let that go because he actually had a really good season the thing about Alonzo is in terms of breaking out, I don't really he's not a guy that's gonna ever be like huge on the stats, you know what I mean? For sure. He can take a step I think he can take a step to being potential all defensive player. He could up his assists by one, his I don't think he's gonna up his points by much. You don't think he'll um, take any like point like points off of I mean, Drew Holiday was putting up about like, eighteen points a game. Where do, where yeah, the thing is, he at? just the thing about Lonzo is Lonzo doesn't create his own shot at all, so it's hard for a guy like that to add points to create more points if he doesn't create them for himself. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I don't, I don't I think, think it's a bad take because I, I like think, Lonzo. I think he's good. Yeah, I think uh, the way that I'm envisioning this this Pelicans team is going to tell be me your a, vision. A lot of it's going to be a super up-tempo team. So mm-hmm. a lot of, like, transition ball, a lot of, like, getting boards and smashing it down the court, um, which Lonzo's great at. I mean, this guy could – his full-court passes are are pretty awesome. He has great full-court vision. I think that – listen, I'm, I'm really high on him and, and Zion playing off each other. Um, but, like, listen, we'll, we'll see. You're right. You're not wrong. He's not the first option. He's not the second option. I don't think – Is I he think even the third option? Well, that's the thing. I'm not high on Bledsoe at all. You're, you're saying talking about Redick. I, I think like, that, that he's better than Bledsoe and he's better than Redick. Just in terms of in an offense, the play is never going to be getting a play for Alonzo to score. He can definitely break out in other ways. And he could have a, he could have a really, really good season. So I agree with you on breakout. I just uh, I don't, I don't see him 
ever averaging more than 15 points a game in the NBA. That's fair, but 15 points up from what is 11 good. last year, like that's that's big. He averages 15 points, seven seven assists, seven boards a game. That's that's those are great numbers. That's and almost Ben Simmons numbers. <laughs> it actually is. It actually is. Really? Ben Simmons that's... is like 16, eight and eight. Oh my goodness! But 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 very different, very yeah. different. Sixteen, eight, and eight. All right, I'm gonna throw some some breakout players at you, and you're gonna okay. you're just gonna react. Okay. The only guy, the only guy that I could see becoming like a, like taking a step from pretty good player to star slash superstar next year, is DeAndre Ayton. I knew, I knew you were gonna pull DeAndre Ayton on me, and uh, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. He has the perfect point guard to do it now. Mm-hmm. All right, so we don't even need to say anything more no. about that. I mean, I mean, yeah, like CP three DeAndre Ayton is it like the reincarnation of Lob City Clippers? Like, is that where we're going for here? Because yeah, except DeAndre Ayton doesn't really go to the rim. He just likes to catch the ball and shoot these weird, like, not even mid range, like a step or two inside of mid range. Just get, he just catches it and shoots it within a second. So hopefully Chris Paul starts yelling at him and he starts going to the basket and getting fouled. Because if he does those things, he could become way more efficient and he could become like a real star. Yeah, and like we said for John Collins, um, DeAndre Ayton also lost 25 games last year because uh, he was suspended. So, I mean, that's 25 more games where you can show, show that he is an actual star in this league. All right. Second guy. Second guy I have for you here. Gordon Hayward. Um, no, I think a re breakout. A re breakout. A re breakout. Um, he had a I good th- season last year. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm pretty. I've always been high on Gordon Hayward. Um, I saw him, I saw him live in Utah a couple of years ago, and I thought he was <laughs> awesome. I mean, obviously, obviously that that injury like was gruesome, um, and set him back a while, like pretty far back. But he's what he did with the Celtics was what he was brought in to do, you know? He was meant to be, like, just, like, this serviceable wing guy who could knock down threes, you could play, like, big minutes at the end of games, uh, play some good defense, um, and be, like, an off-ball... Be, be able to create his own shot when... If the offense isn't rolling, which he was able to do. I mean, yeah. Gordon Hayward was almost 50-40-90 last year. Yeah, he's he was awesome. 50 85 so not really almost 50-40-90. He was 50, 38, 85, though, which is but I think, a whole other club. I think that the Gordon Hayward that we're going to see for the future was was that Gordon Hayward we saw in like that second half of the year with the Celtics. I don't I see think, him taking a much bigger step. I think the difference is going to be that he's really going to have a chance to have the ball in his hands a lot and to get his usage rate up higher. Because when he was in, in Utah... He was having a 25 usage rate the years he was making the, the All-Star team, or maybe the one year he made the All-Star team. But with those Celtics, it really fell down. And last year, it was a little bit higher. But I think he's, he's another year off of that gruesome injury. He's going to have a chance to actually have the ball in his hands, to be the creator. And he's got, like, decent guys around him. You know, Terry Rozier can shoot. So, so the question is, like, who's... What's the who, other point guard? What, who's their starting lineup? It's like Devontae the, Graham. Devontae Graham can shoot. He needs the but he he needs the ball in his hands. He can so also Devontae shoot Graham, off ball though. 
for sure. But I think that like he proved last year that he was their go-to guy. Is he willing to take a step back to Gordon Hayward? And now LaMelo Ball's coming to the mix too. Like where's LaMelo fitting in in all this? Devontae Graham is going to have to be willing to take a step back because he doesn't have... He doesn't have the gravitas. He doesn't have an NBA career to be a guy to not give up the ball. Like he's not in the real NBA. Devontae Graham is not a starting point guard. He's like a six man. And so, and I might even see him being out of the starting lineup, depending on what they want to do with LaMelo. What's your starting lineup for the, for the Hornets? I think it's either going to be, I'll give you two, I'll give you three options. Gordon okay. Hayward is penciled in. Cody Zeller is penciled in. And I think PJ Washington is penciled in. And then it's going to so be what? some combination of Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, and LaMelo Ball. Interesting. So you have, you have Cody Zeller over Bismarck. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love my Raptors. I love my former Raptors. Dear God. Uh, I'm just messing with you. But, okay, yeah, it's... Man, it's gonna be a weird. This is just a weird team. It's a weird fit. Like, I, listen, I hope, I hope for Gordon that his career could take off again, because I was super excited when he signed with the Celtics. Um, and like game one, he gets he he just hurts himself real bad. But it's like, tough. Like, it's tough. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, you, you're not wrong. Devontae Graham will probably be six man off the bench. Like, all yeah. right, let's just let's move to the next breakout player. Okay, let's be quick on this one. Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> I can I can see him averaging like twenty points a game, or like seventeen six and six type of thing on okay. on efficient efficient numbers. So I've always really liked Bogdan Bogdanovich the last couple of years. Um, I thought that he wasn't properly used with. Um, on the Kings, just because uh, they were my point hyped. exactly. I can see him exploding. I think he's an incredible shooter. He's like, he's he's big time. He's meant for he hit big shots in clutch moments. He's done it in the past. My only problem with Bogdan is that. So the problem with with him on the Kings was that he was surrounded like, Buddy Heel was taking a lot of uh, shots away from him. Um, De'Aaron Fox was taking the ball away from him a lot of times too. So. Does he does he have the same problem now with the Hawks? I don't think he'll have a problem with that because he's first of all he's going to have space on the floor for the first time. Trey Young, with his gravity, with his creation, is going to give him so much more room to operate. Danilo Gallinari gives him space too. I think, and I think what the Hawks have needed. I mean, they've needed a lot of things <laughs> over the last couple of years. But one thing that they really have needed is a secondary ball handler, secondary creator. And he can yeah. really, really be that. And you know what? Maybe I overstated 17 points a game because there are kind of a lot of mouths to feed, right? Yeah. There's Trey, there's John Collins, there's Danilo Gallinari. But I think we're going to see the ball in his hands and him creating a lot more. Yeah, I uh, no, he's great. Like I can't see him scoring less than fifteen points a game. Um, he's well, that he would be the exact same as last year, and it wouldn't be a breakout. <laughs> no, I know that. I'm just saying. I do. I don't think he's going to break out the way you think he will. But I think that he's going to be 
I think he's going to fit right in with the Hawks. Well, good. Hold on, we got a comment here from, from Ethan. Oh, yeah. They're for sure going to give up a lot, a lot, a lot of points. We were talking about that earlier, actually. They, their defense will be brutal. A little, not as brutal as last year, but brutal nonetheless. Ethan, you got any breakout guys this year? Don't say Paul Watson, please. Wow, I'm going to get roasted forever now. Ethan would like to speak. Here we go. Ethan, how are you, sir? What up? I'm good. I'm good. So I, I came into this a little bit late. I don't know if I have any like clear no-brainer like you know role player to to 16 points a game kind of guy, but I do think. Um, and I'm actually going to put on my Homer hat for a second here with the Mavs. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I think that there's a chance that like people will kind of feel like they forgot about Josh Richardson when he gets to Dallas. He's such, he's a great fit next to Luca. He compliments him super well. He let, he kind of rounds out their wing rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Mavs will win some games you know, if if they can finish top four, top five in the West, and Luca's in the MVP race, and you know the Mavs are on national TV a lot, then like I think people forgot because of how weird and fucked up that that last season in Philly was. Yeah, um, yeah. That like Josh Richardson was kind of you know he was like one of those guys who's like one of you know people talked about him like he was one of the most underrated players in the league. He was one of Miami's primary ball handlers. Um, he was like an up and coming player. Things got so weird in Philly that all those things I just mentioned, plus the fact that for whatever reason, Rick Carlisle's offense is just great for shooting guards. You think about OJ Mayo, Monte. OJ Mayo. Like uh, deep. That's uh, a deep reference. Tim Hardaway, all these dudes who who have come through Dallas and just had their careers like revitalized. Seth Curry, um, Seth Curry's yeah. on my breakout list, actually. Uh, I agree I, with I, you. I'm, I'm ready to hear that case, but yeah. So anyway, I I just feel like Josh Richardson. I don't know that he's going to be like an all star, but I just think people might be like, oh yeah, that's right. Josh Richardson is good, and we just forgot because Philly is weak. I definitely I agree with you. I think he's one of those guys that was so talked about. Like everyone was saying, he was underrated so much so that he kind of became overrated and then he disappointed last year because he was overrated and underrated at the same time and i think i think you're absolutely right he'll have a good role this year i think he he fits in our he's kind of already broken out but he fits in the mold of a gordon hayward re-breakout season as i as i coined the term earlier in the pod (laughs) all right moving on to seth curry a guy who was part of the greatest offense of all time last year for the Mavericks, who was in a new role for the Sixers. This guy shot 45% from three last year. He's 44% from three for his career, and he's on a team that needs somebody to just shoot freaking threes. I could see him averaging 16.3 points per game this year. Yeah, 100%. You could argue he's the best shooter in the NBA right now. Like, yeah. just Ethan? Like... Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, no, no. Go for it. I just want to see if Ethan, as a Mavs fan, has anything he wants to say about Seth Curry after watching him last year. I don't think that the Sixers are necessarily, necessarily going to win the championship or anything, but I think that Daryl Morey like, kind of fixed 
or address mm-hmm. all of the problems that were facing the Sixers in like a week. And one yes, of those, sir. one of the ways he did that was by bringing in Seth Curry. I mean, a dude with that kind of range, quick release, microwave can just get hot and and hit open threes and and stretch the floor. I mean, we saw last time that the Philly offense looked like a functional NBA offense. They had JJ Redick running around, yeah. coming off of pin downs and flare screens and hitting threes, taking dribble handoffs from Joel Embiid. And Seth Curry can absolutely be that guy. And maybe to your point, maybe with a little bit bigger role where he doesn't have like a Luca dominating the ball, maybe he gives you like a little bit, a little bit off, tiny little bit off the dribble, little, little bit of baby playmaking. Like I could second, yeah, secondary pick and roll guy, perhaps. Yeah, I think he's going to also bail out Ben Simmons a shit ton. Just like bail out in the corner and he'll just drain those corner shots as well. All right, I'm glad everyone agrees with my Seth Curry take. You guys are making me feel smart today. <laughs> One question for you. Have, do you know who Paul Watson is? Uh, Paul Watson? Uh no, I have no idea who Paul. <laughs> that, that was I asked Johan if he had a breakout player for the Raptors this year, and he said Paul Watson. Breakout player, because... as in <laughs> breakout <laughs> player, as in like people. The guy scores ten points one time, and Americans are forced to learn his name. Breakout player, <laughs> as in like guy who gets his first consistent NBA minutes. That was. That was Johan's um, breakout the guy. Ex- of the, year. the exercise wasn't too clear when we first started off, but uh, <laughs> I, I quickly adjusted. But yeah, Paul no, Watson we're all on the a, same page now. A household name at the end of 2021. We'll write it down. We'll we'll come back at the end of the year and have a full Paul Watson pod. Ethan, save the date, bro. All right, all I'll right. be here. I'm gonna I'm gonna step down and listen, but I'm loving this, guys. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I'll give you more of a normal one because I've got a a hot one coming later. Christian Wood. (laughs) Christian Wood, I think, could average 20 points a game this year. Really? Um, Yeah, I I like Christian Wood. If the price was right, which it definitely wasn't going to be, I was hoping potentially he could get signed by the Raps. I mean, like, it just wasn't going to happen just because we weren't weren't using more than the mid-level exception for any of our... Mm -hmm. Um, and you ever big? Yeah, and you'd have to give him multiple years too. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, it was a it was a fever dream, but I think I just don't know what to think about the Rockets in general. I just don't know what they're trying to do because, I mean, obviously it was very clear when when Maury was in was in charge, they were going to be that like all threes all the time. We're going to be small. We're going to change the way the game is played, which. I thought it was super interesting and very, um, I mean, like very avant-garde. But ooh, good word. Is is Christian Wood that stretch five? I think so. He shot thirty-nine percent from three last year. Okay. But and I'm saying is yeah. Go, go on. on. What are you saying? What are you saying? Tell me. I'm I'm just saying is that like an anomaly? I mean, it's it's really hard to tell considering he doesn't have much of an NBA background, really. But I don't think so. I don't think so. He shot 74% from the foul line. I don't think it's an anomaly. The guy has an offensive package. And really, what I, in terms of him maybe scoring 20 points a game or 18 or whatever, like Clint Capella 
scored 14 points a game last year when he was on the Rockets on just pure dunks. Christian yeah. Wood scored 13 on the Pistons with like, eh, like only Derrick Rose creating for him. So him getting a couple threes and a couple dunks extra just because he plays with Russell Westbrook and James Harden, I think could take him to uh, 18 and 7 on a year, which would be which fits the mold of breakout for this specific exercise because I created the exercise. Wow. So I guess uh, everything you, you say is going to fit the mold for this exercise. It's um, my world and you're just living in it. Thanks for letting me live in it, Jules. I appreciate <laughs> it. I know you're not wrong. Like, listen, we're going to, there's going to be a huge spotlight on Christian Wood this, this season. Everyone, everyone's been hyping him up. Um, he, he got paid. I mean, so I guess um, the ball's in his court right now, right? Like he has to, she has to prove that he, he's worth every single penny. It's interesting that you say the ball's in his court because the ball is like most probably actually at James Harden's house. <laughs> I was I was so mad at myself that I said that too. Because I'm like, shit, <laughs> Jules is gonna. I'm just giving it to you on a silver platter. It's either yeah, at Harden's house or like he's he's sharing it like seventy thirty with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Anyways, these days. Anyway, talk to me, breakout player. Gary Trent. This is a, a very reasonable breakout take. No? Gary Trent Jr. Um, so I think it really depends. It's like what is his role on this team now, right? So they went in and they got um Robert Covington, right? We signed mm-hmm. Rodney Hood. Um Nurkic is back. I mean, uh, obviously Nurkic's not a guard or anything. Um but like what is his role on this team? Like what are they really trying to do with Gary Trent here? Um I think his role is exactly what he did in the bubble. If he plays tough defense, he shoots 40% from three, which he's done for his career, which, to be fair, is only 76 games, but it's like a season. If he does exactly what he did in the bubble, but he holds it for a full year, that's a super effective player. That's a really good 3 and D guy. And that's him taking a step and saying, I'm going to get $12 million a year for the next 10 years. <laughs> for no, for real. No, you're right. You're you're not wrong. I I I, I think you'll be like one of those great three and D players that are just like super valuable on any team. Eventually, eventually. I just don't know if he's made it there yet. And I don't because like the Trailblazers right now are in like win now mode, right? Like that's yeah. Dame Dame's whole thing right now is we need a win right now. So I don't know if giving Gary Trent a bigger role allows them to win right now it might 100 percent, it might but they might want to they might want to play a little bigger they might not want to yeah it's i'm iffy on that like he he balled out in in the bubble like this guy was lights out lights out shooting but i just um i'm not sure and like who are they really are are the blazers higher on gary trent or adfrony simons that's the thing. They're definitely higher on Gary Trent because Anthony Simons has not been good at all yet, like at all. But Anthony Simons if you're has talking been this, this now, prodigy for them apparently for the last couple of years. I'm saying they're the same age. Like what? They're both like 20 years old? Gary Trent is 21 and Anthony Simons is probably 21-ish, let me see. Yeah, they're both 21. Good call so by you. Be, so they're like probably very similar development curves. I mean... Listen, I, I could picture Gary Trent going off. And if he continues that rise that we saw starting off last summer, 
for sure. He he could be great off the bench for them, um, and be a spark plug off the bench, and and like do do basically what um, Seth Curry was doing. Last, I mean, like not defensively, but offensively, what Seth Curry was doing for the Mavs last year. Um, that would be really but, good. Yeah, no, that would be that would be awesome, and that would definitely fit that that breakout. Um, that, that mold that you created for breakout players, right? Um, <laughs> that would fit I, my assignment and definition of the word I created for us to talk about this thing. Yeah, I just I'm not sure if he's in their like win now plans. I'm willing to stand up and say I'm sitting down and I'm not standing up, but I'm willing to metaphorically stand up and say Gary Trent Jr. is going to play. 28 to 30 minutes a game this year. Because when you look at their rotation, he almost has to. They've got Dame, they've got CJ, they've got Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. And then they need another guy to start. So that's either Derek Jones Jr., Gary Trent Jr. Derek Jones Jr. is not starting for... Exactly. He's actually good. But it's either Derek Jones Jr., Gary Trent, Rodney Hood, who didn't play a game last year, or maybe he did with Torres Achilles, and Carmelo Anthony. It's got to be Gary Trent Jr., especially when you're talking about a guy that doesn't need the ball, that can shoot 40% from three, that is a good defender. I'm 100% right about this breakout the more I think about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm still on the fence, but yeah. I, I do have a question for you, though. Tell because, me. Because, like, people are super high on the Trailblazers. Um, I just was wondering what you thought about it's uh it's a good question, man. Um I've seen people say Trailblazers as high as three in the West. I think somebody I think I might have seen somebody say they're gonna win the West. Like somebody with real credentials, which I which is ridiculous. Kevin O'Connor? No, not <laughs> sure not sure why Kevin O'Connor. He he wouldn't say such a crazy thing. Um I could see them I honestly really could see them finishing Fourth in the West, maybe even third. Because when you look at their team, in the bubble, I mean, their defense was terrible. But they have Nurkic for a full season now, who was amazing in the bubble. Like, top 10 center in the bubble. Yeah. They've got Rocco now, who can shore up all of their health, help defense. And then, just looking at the West, the Mavs will probably get better. Uh, you know what? A lot of teams are getting better in the West, so this is going to be... But the Mavs are getting better. The Suns are getting better. The Jazz are, like, standing pat. The Rockets, who even knows? So, yeah, I think if everyone's healthy for the Blazers, they could be as high as the fourth seed. And, like, maybe if something goes super right for them and wrong for the Nuggets, they could be as high as the third seed. I wouldn't see that happening, but how do you think that that's a reasonable assessment? Yeah, I mean, I personally didn't really have them penciled in higher than five just because I still think Lakers, Clippers, um, Nuggets, one, two, three, some way, somehow. I think, like, whatever order you want to have them in, but I think those are top three teams no matter what. Um, The Mavs are going to take a huge step for sure. Suns, I'd say, is around – yeah, I I think it really depends on on those – those other teams like the Rockets and the Warriors, like if they get it, if they get it to put it together, I completely like, forgot about the Warriors too. If, if they're able to put it together, I don't. Um, it's going to be tough. Like 
four to four seven to eight. range. Yeah. yeah, four to eight is going to be like a it's a shit show, a bloodbath. Um, it'll be fun. And man, we have the we have a we we'll have a play in tournament this season, which is going to be awesome. At least, I mean, it won't be that great in the East. I think. <laughs> I mean, meh, very meh in the East, just because like. Oh. Fuck the Magic and the Pistons and whatever other teams are probably going to make it in the like ninth, tenth seed. Yeah. But in the West, it's going to be the West will be really good, awesome. really, really good. Yeah. All right, hey, back to your one breakout. final, one final breakout guy, and then we sign off because we've been on here for like an hour. Okay, Marvin Bagley? <laughs> question oh. seventeen? Question marks? Like Hopefully. The- is he going to play basketball this year? I just don't. That's know. my thing. That's my thing. I feel like if he is healthy and is playing, he he's going to have all the opportunities. They lost Bogdan. Someone needs to score on that team, right? Other than De'Aaron Fox and I guess Buddy Heald. Um, I, I was yeah. I, I hope was so. so high on this team, dude. Last year, like I was so high on this team. To me, just seeing like. Like it was like Fox Shield, Bogey, and and Bagley together. I was like, there's no way this team's not fighting for the eighth seed. I just don't know what direction this team is going. If they're Marge, certainly Marvin going Bagley in the downward play. direction, no. Well, and if Marvin Bagley's not playing, I think that's going to expedite the process. <laughs> I do like they had a big signing this summer. Wenyan Gabriel, he played on the trail, <laughs> and he was so much fun to watch. Um, wow, this is another Paul Watson, eh? Yeah, for sure. Wenyan, <laughs> household name. But yeah, I just that is a blockbuster signing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Please go on. I I just can't picture Marvin Bagley doing anything because he hasn't done anything. You know. Well, I'm well, not we'll... going to die on this hill, but. I think that if he stays healthy, he might not be good, but he'll definitely put up numbers because somebody's going to have to score on that team, and it's not going to be like Hassan Whiteside. I forgot Hassan Whiteside is there, man. All right. All right. We've had a long podcast. I'll leave you with one final question. Most likely player to get COVID first. Most likely player to get COVID, but hasn't already had it. Yeah, that hasn't already had it. It hasn't been like reported. So, if you asked me this two days ago, I probably would have said like Kelly Oubre. He's married uh, now, though. He's he's engaged. I know. I know. You know exactly. that those people don't get COVID. I was saying Kelly Oubre. It seems to me like this guy is like this guy's the best looking guy in the league. You know, <laughs> we've already been over this so, on an so, episode. So. I could, I could picture him being in the Bay Area and just like a bunch of women just coming up, like you know, this guy's this guy's personal bubble would have been massive. But now that he's married <laughs> or engaged uh, to be married, um, I think it cannot be. It it will not be Kelly Oubre. Um, hey, you need to give me give me a second. Oh, a hundred percent, Terrence Davis, dude. Terrence, Terrence Davis. This guy was oh, this guy was wearing this guy was wearing a mask a mask with a hole a in mask it, eh? with a hole in it in the bubble, and they were going to Tampa Bay. They're playing basketball in Florida. With, there's no COVID restrictions whatsoever. There, hundred percent TD three is getting COVID. <laughs> That's the perfect answer. I was going to say Jordan Clarkson, but that is the perfect answer. Let's just end on that note. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Thanks for thanks for having me on, Jules. I really appreciate. Thank it. you for coming on, my boy Yoni. Thank you to Ethan for his participation and everyone for listening. 
everybody have a great night. NBA Holes signing off.